we study God's word at music camp and God commands us to sing as to let his word dwell in us richly in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're to worship him musically. We're to proclaim his word musically. And so we want to train up our, our students, our children, to be able to sing skillfully with music, to understand what they're doing. The Bible says sing with understanding. But it's all couched in studying God's word, growing up as Christian worshipers. The default in our culture today is to be a music consumer. We are conditioned by the age we live in and the technology we have to be people who listen to music and it's an important part of our life. But we have lost something that our forefathers knew, which was being active participants in music. It used to be if you wanted music, you had to make the music. And now we, we just press a button. But uh, these students uh, are learning through the course of their time at music camp, not to be music consumers, but to be active participants in making music. So not only to learn how to sing well, how to understand music as it's written on a page and how it comes together in a group environment, but to be able to take those experiences and have them be the seeds that are planted for their involvement their whole life in the musical life of the church. We want these students to be the next wave of worshipers in the church who know how to sing to God. Hey y'all, it's Monday. Welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Pastor Toby. Like you were kind of mad. Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. <laughs> Maybe. It's, it's Maybe. Monday. Maybe. Hey, <laughs> bring me a coffee. I do got Dr. Jared Longshore, Dr. Reverend Jared Longshore, and we also got uh, is it Dr. Rod Martin? I mean, can we? Can we? Yeah. He, he practically is a Bishop. doctor. It's a Bishop, Bishop Rod, Rod Martin. Martin. I think he should uh, call him uh, on the show. Guys, I got good news. You got good news. Yeah, I found a chicken in my coop. What? Remember, I thought they all died. And you found one. And my my kids found one, and it was like hiding up in the. <laughs> is it like, laying eggs? Like though? up in? Uh, is it laying I eggs? don't know. I don't think we we just found it. Maybe it, it didn't want to be. Found. And it disappeared for a whole week. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Gabe, it was pretty funny. Yeah, poor I chickens. I don't know. I, don't, I would say don't quit your day job. Uh, no, well, the, uh, I think the chickens voted on that already. <laughs> Are you subscribed to our cross politic email list? Oh, yes. If you're not, you really should be. Being subscribed to our email list That's means right. you won't miss any updates about cross politic, mm -hmm. the Fight Laugh Feast Network, mm -hmm. the Fight Laugh Feast Conference. Mm -hmm. You'll hear about what's on the schedule for the week. Uh, live events, conference updates, rowdy Christian merch, updates from other shows within the Fight, Laugh, Feast network, and you'll hear from sponsors of the show as they seek to take dominion for God's kingdom in the business world. Mm. To subscribe, simply enter your email address at the bottom of the page at fightlaughfeast.com. So or, or, fight or cross Both yeah. It gets you both there. Go there, enter your and, email address. And so put in your state and city because that helps us uh, kind of know where to target some of our emails when we're going, let's say, to Kentucky. Right. Or the yeah. art conference and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Right. So that kind of stuff. I really appreciate it. Actually, a lot of people signed up since we last read the ad. So oh, nice. thank yeah. you. Thank so, you very yeah, much. Get your, get your email in there. Yeah. And uh, we promise not to you know, sell your info to crazy third parties. But we are very grateful to have with us today um, Rod Martin, founder, CEO, Martin Capital and MartinOrganization.com, CBN co-founder, former SBC executive committee officer, part of the team that started PayPal and... Come on now. Oh, and one of our good friends, Rod Martin, mm. thanks for joining us again. 
Good to be here, always. And as mentioned previously, you can see at the table our, our good friend Jared Longshore, associate pastor at Christ Church here in Moscow. What was that? Um, it was a little dab, a little dab. <laughs> you know? It's a secret handshake. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. Jared, thanks for thanks for coming on. I think I think last time you were on the show, um, things kind of got wild. So just can you kind of just kind of keep it kind of? Well, we it, brought Rod yeah. here keep, to kind of. I'll keep be as calm as I was keep, last time. Other people on the show might say okay. things. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Rod's the crazy one this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's who's going first? I think we. I, you know what? I, I just let's just open up to the table. Let's start with Jared, and I just know Rod's going to jump in here at yeah. any point anyway. Okay. So. Okay. So um, recently, Gabe, you're supposed to be doing this part. Where's I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Opening. All right. So the, the SBC's hair is on fire right now. There's, well, it, well, it's just another Monday. <laughs> it seems, it <laughs> you seems said to me, you could be seeing the calm stuff rather than <laughs> <laughs> like, another Monday. Um, it, it seems to me that uh, as I've kind of watched like the last month or two, there's 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 this kind of financial executive committee uh, guidepost issue, uh, and then there's this disfellowshipping issue that has popped up with. Uh, churches in the SBC, SBC who who have allowed for women pastors in the SBC specifically, and the highlight being Rick Warren in Saddleback. Yep. And, and there's and there's actually five, uh, four other churches: one uh, New Faith uh, Mission Church in Georgia, St. Timothy's Christian Church, Southern Baptist churches have named St. Timothy. That's interesting. In uh, Baltimore, Maryland, <laughs> that's why they're getting disfellowshipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Calvary Baptist Church in Mississippi, and then Fern Creek Baptist Church in in Louisville, Kentucky. Wow. They, they So there's five churches total, and Rick Warren being the most notable, Saddleback being the most notable, that has had women uh, pastors. And then the, uh, apparently there's some sort of vote. So there's some pl- policy um, things that I'm not uh, totally up on here. But there's some sort of vote because, to me, the SBC is starting to act like a presbytery when they start doing this. Um, but uh, the SBC is disfellowshipped, voted to disfellowship from these five churches, and then uh, Rick Warren or Saddleback's church has actually. It sounds like they're already appe- or they're appealing the process in June, from what I hear. for June for the convention June thirteenth and fourteenth, um, and then you bring the layer in of there's a the one of the former presidents of uh, one of Adam the seminaries Greenway. Adam Greenway, uh, he came out and said that uh, you know I'm I'm not I'm not for women pastors and churches, but I'm not but not but I'm not not for against women. it. <laughs> And, and they kind of like try to make this weird <laughs> distinction between like I think the the uh, BFM the Baptist Faith and Message Message yeah Message <laughs> he said he said I think it specifically referred to lead pastors and not assistant or associate or or some other yeah. pastor that you can have so he's all confused in what he's saying um, but he's serious confused leadership would be the right word yes confused uh, confused uh, <laughs> good I got it right so 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 Jared let's start with you on this um, you've had pastoral history with the SBC. What's going on? You know, Rick Warren's had women, he's been ordaining women pastors for, for a dec- over a decade now. What? Why, why is all this starting to percolate now? Um, yeah, two really interesting things with the guidepost and the and then the Rick Warren thing. And I don't actually know the details, so we'll have to go to Rod for the details. But okay. uh, just principally, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, Knox, you sent me the, the video um, of um, Battle for the Minds, yep. which is on YouTube. Yeah, 2019. And it, it was showing all the battle back in the days of liberalism and um, – yep. We basically had this whole conservative resurgence. You had uh, then that cons- those conservatives put Al into his position at Southern Seminary, and the issue was women women pastors. But it seems to be that there was a lot of chatter at that time that reduced the conversation to women senior pastors. And I think that was like a strategic move. Like we we can win this battle 
but let's not broaden it out and cover pastors generally. So that's probably what Greenway's drawing on there. Interesting. Um, when we when everything was going down with CRT, um, and I was still uh, you know doing the SBC thing, there was a lot of chatter about we have to find a battle of Thermopylae. We have to find a narrow pass. We have to find an issue. It's such a big organization, 50,000 churches, all of that. You have to find them. And I, I kept saying, hey, make it women pastors. There's enough out there. But this is a battle that the SBC can win. Hmm. So you have the confession. You have a mechanism for throwing churches out, which is never done, like hardly hardly ever, ever, ever done. Okay. Um, maybe done a handful of times on a very small amount of issues. But you, you can actually win this because you have the confession on your side. You have history on your side. You just have to double down. And, and you're going to split the room in the right kind of ways. Um, the men that are more political, that don't want to, um, to get caught on the wrong side of the Washington Post, I think mm-hmm. they'll still find their inner man uh, on this particular issue. Mm. but And there's been men that have been raising awareness about it. So I think you have enough people that have like ra- so, raised awareness that it's become an issue. Rod, do you think do you think if this gets a- appealed to the SBC, the full convention, um, does Rick Warren win or do the, the people that have a, a semblance of testosterone left win? In any normal year, this would be a slam dunk and no one would even appeal it because – the truth is, you know, you guys are familiar with what happened in Anaheim. The uh, female yeah. chairman of the credentials committee uh, told the assembled body that we could not actually act on whether to disfellowship Saddleback because the committee could no longer define the word pastor. Pastor, for heaven's sake. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was talking about the exact debate that you guys were just referencing. Now, Al Mohler, to his great credit, and I don't agree with Al all the time, as as you guys know very well. But nevertheless, Al got up and made an impassioned speech about the fact that he was one of the principal framers of the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, our current confession, and that there was no debate whatsoever on that committee uh, regarding what that term meant, that this did apply to everyone with the title pastor. And of course, you might have a, a woman who is a youth minister or a, or a children's minister or any number of things, and we can debate whether or not that's appropriate, but a pastor, in their view, was a different thing and was a pastor, regardless of whether it was a senior pastor or the uh, bus ministry pastor. Well, guess what? Saddleback went and replaced Rick Warren with a male and female lead yep. pastor team. Yep. So that's what brought this to a head. This mm-hmm. isn't the children's minister or the women's minister who just happens to be titled women's pastor. This is a lead pastor right. at a giant church. And of course, it was going to draw a ton of attention. So, you know, this kind of thing in a normal year, it wouldn't even get appealed. It's, it's a no brainer. And even our current very left of left executive committee would just affirm it and it's done. And you saw to their credit, they did. Now you can say, well, they have political reasons for doing that. And I would say, yes, that's in part true. And I think that the reason Willie Rice came out so strongly uh, on, on certain things this past week, and we can get to that later, uh, is in fact about maneuvering to recapture the conservative high ground while mm. a lot of other things go under the radar. Mm. But the truth is, these guys need to take a stand on women pastors 
because of those other things they're doing. CRT has certainly not gone away. It's just being rebranded by Tony Evans and Ed Litton as Kingdom Race Theology. So we've gone from CRT to KRT. Oh, well, that's that's a big difference. And, you know, you've baptized the language a little bit, but you have the exact same problem. You have this guidepost catastrophe that's going on. And Willie Rice did take a stand against it, I'm sure, because he probably wants to run for president as a conservative in Indianapolis. But Bart Barber's out there defending it. So there has been a tremendous amount of leftist inroad into even leadership positions that you wouldn't expect on issues like women's pastors. There may be more of a battle over this in New Orleans than one would ever expect. And yes, Mm. Adam Greenway made the speech that prompted Al Mohler's in Anaheim, where he was making the exact same case. Hey, we're a big tent. We can handle this. Let's, Let's have a commission study what pastor means. And of course, you'll recall that that happened just not long before he got canned out of his presidency at Southwestern Seminary. That was part of why. So, so we'll <laughs> because see. he was a president, he was president of a seminary, arguing that we needed to define what a pastor is, okay. which he already he should have. Also had. He should have figured out a long time ago. Running into bankruptcy and and absolutely decimating the student population. There were a lot oh. of factors, but that's a lot of why. I mean, he came in. Lots of us thought this was going to be a good conservative guy, and. 10 seconds into the job, he's allying with Baylor University and the Baptist General Convention of Texas and, you know, doing everything he can to make friends of his enemies by making enemies of his friends. And this is part of that road. You know, we're going to be, we're not going to be for women pastors, but we're going to tolerate it. Now, I want to say one thing about that, that Jared got close to, but didn't quite get said. It's really important, or maybe it was you, Knox. You know, you said it's acting kind of like a presbytery. The Southern Baptist Convention is a group of independent churches. We don't have a presbytery, but what we do have is a tremendous amount of voluntary offerings to do things the churches have assigned to these organizations, seminary education, sending missionaries, all the different things we do. We have a duty to spend that money the way the Baptist faith and message bounds it. We also have a duty to fence the table such that people who don't believe what the Baptist faith and message says aren't getting to vote on its expenditure. Mm. And so this actually is a really important stewardship issue quite apart from the doctrinal issues. And it is, it isn't in a presbytery fashion, but it is indeed very similar. So Greenway, in this tweet thread that I read this last week, um, Greenway said that um, churches can, or the SBC can only disfellowship for three disqualifications, affirming homosexuality, racism, and abuse. So that's what Greenway's arguing. That's um, moronic. <laughs> and not yeah, at all not, consistent that's with Baptist that. history. That's not what's in the Constitution. Though, though those are, I think those were added. Those were strategic um, additions, I think, maybe to the Constitution itself, Rod. But then you also those have got a, general yeah, agreement with the Baptist faith and message. Okay. Yeah, you still have to have general agreement with the Baptist faith and message. So if, if you don't have that, yeah. you can be removed. Okay. Well, he, he says, um, go to the next slide, Haley. Because, I, um, I mean, I was thinking, hey, like, well, uh, we're Presbyterian. Maybe I could join the SBC then if those are the only three yeah, things. You know? As long as you agree with us on sex abuse. By yeah. the way, yeah. one really important point here, yeah. there isn't anything in the BFM defining our beliefs on sex abuse. So we amended mm. the Constitution to say you can do that. <laughs> 
Um, there is stuff that would pertain to racism because that was one of the things that we also added to the constitution that year, yeah. you know? So if you've got a racist church, we'll kick them out. And I voted to kick out several yeah. actually while I was on the executive committee, right. but on sex abuse, there is nothing no in the documents Which that is- defines those beliefs. The only thing there is as a, a resolution, which historically has always been considered to be non-binding and only the sentiment of the particular group of right. people who voted on it in the particular annual meeting it was voted on. So if they're going to elevate resolutions to to basically organizational documents, that's going to be quite a hullabaloo. Right. Go ahead, Pastor. So he, this is um, Greenway's tweet thread what what did you call it? Like, What's the word he used? Moronic. <laughs> Art, yes. Article yeah. three. He says this. Article three of the SBC Constitution contains the elastic. He calls it an elastic clause of closely identifying with closely identifying with the BFM as the requirement for cooperating churches. But that same article specifically enumerates three and only three clear disqualifications affirming homosexuality, racism, and abuse. Hey, I think we can get back in, guys. I think I can get back in. I was going to say, well, that's what we were, that's what we were exactly. saying. Because if, no it's, a, if it's like a rubber band kind of thing. Be part of the yeah. SBC right. under, uh, under that logic. Right. Or for right. that matter, universalist churches. Right. We don't need any. We don't need any Trinitarians. That's, that's, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, anybody who, who uh, denies Trinitarianism, we, right. we can have all of them we want. That's I, right. I, is absolutely smoking crack on this. <laughs> I, which is I, also allowed which, in the SBC. Which, which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smoking crack. Yeah. 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 Also, <laughs> and he knows better. And he's a very smart man. Yeah, so well, then what is he doing? Because if he knows better, this is this is divisive. This is He's using nuance to be able to leverage some other concept and idea. This is not, this is scary business to me. Yes. Well, he needs a job. He's probably trying to get hired by some liberal group somewhere oh my because goodness. this is nonsense. And he knows it's nonsense. In addition to all of his other duties, he was Al Mohler's number two at Southern seminary for a long time. He was also one really? of our parliamentarians for That's years. Right. And he's been chairman of the committee on order of business. This is not a man who just showed up at the SBC. Wow. You know, he knows perfectly well the history of this and has watched us disfellowship. You said it's not many churches, Jared, and, and as a percentage, you're absolutely right. But almost every executive committee, at least one or two churches, gets booted because they did something stupid and you know, and usually heretical. Yeah. And, and so, you know, this is not unknown territory, and it goes back almost two centuries. Adam knows that history better than anybody. He is absolutely engaging in sophistry here. Okay. Uh, okay. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to read this ad, yeah. and, then, and then we'll jump. Uh, I want to. I'm going to follow up on something Rod just said. Yeah. Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. Home is where you prepare to go out into the world. Finding the home that's perfect for your family is a big job. Story Real Estate is Moscow, Idaho's top real estate team. They give people real estate advice all over the country. Family homes, investments, land, new construction, or commercial, they know real estate. If you've thought about a move to Moscow or anywhere in the country, reach out to get connected with a Story Real Estate agent today. Wherever you're going, they can help guide you home. Visit Story Real Estate. 
Dot com. You, you, you know we're doing a show here. Yeah, no, don't worry about uh, it. Just, you, 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 you don't got to point anything just, out. Can, can you turn your sound off? Do not point anything I, out I, I right now. You can type on your computer. Do Ross. not step on this. Ross, just, uh, while, while these, turn the volume off. While these girls fight over here, um, I, I want to ask you about, actually, you, you made a comment. And I'm a little slow sometimes with Southern subtleties. You know, but I think I might have I might have picked up on something. You 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 said that the the head I think of the committee that told you that it, that you couldn't discuss this women pastors thing was a female. She was, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, I'm I'm curious. I mean, did the SBC? I don't know. Pooch it a while back. Um, I mean, is there already a significant problem on committees if if you have I mean, she's functionally, I don't know, pastoring the committee, functionally. Or setting the standards for a pastor. Leading and, and telling yeah. the, the, the SBC, the churches, what they can and cannot do. Do you, I mean, does the SBC already have a, a, a oh. women, I mean, a women's pastor problem? You poor Presbyterian. E, e, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Like, I am, a, I am a Presbyterian. I don't understand it. But it sounds to me like if you've got a church meeting, where a woman is telling everyone what they can and cannot do, do you already have a woman pastor problem, even apart from Rick Warren's church? Well, that's a good question, because historically it wouldn't have mattered one bit. You know, the credentials committee decided whether or not uh, you had the requisite credentials to be a messenger at the convention, and that was it. And, mm. you know, generally speaking, you know, we believe that, uh, well, uh, I'll just forget what we believe. I'll just say what we do. We have it in our governing documents that about half of every one of these boards and committees has to be pastors and about half, and it can vary a little bit on the details, about half need to be lay people. And historically, about half of the lay people have been women. And I think that's valuable. I think that normally works. And I don't have a problem with a committee like say the tellers committee being chaired by a woman or the credentials committee being chaired by a woman, but Oh wait, did I mention 2019? And all of a sudden in 2019, we up power this credentials committee to have perhaps not quite the power you were suggesting a second ago, but something an awful lot like it. There's no question that what guidepost has demanded is that that body become a basically a judicial body sitting in judgment over all of the churches mm. and creating a unitary structure where all of the churches are part of the SBC, governed by the SBC, et cetera. So effectively, we become a hierarchy under their recommendations that fortunately that part was not actually presented by the task force last year in Anaheim, but it's still potentially out there to be suggested. We have yet to see what the implementation task force is going to recommend, and we're going to hire guideposts to do more. So this is their position. It's certainly Rachel Den Hollander's position. She's a, well, actually she's an attorney for party opponents of the executive committee while also a consultant to the task force and also uh -huh. you know, all these different things. The conflicts of interest just pile up higher than my ceiling. And, and even Krista Brown has been out there calling her out on it. Krista Brown's probably the most <laughs> famous abuse victim in the SBC. She's calling out Rachel Den Hollander uh -huh. on Twitter for the conflicts of interest. But regardless, all these people have just said as plain as day, they want to turn the SBC into a hierarchy. 
And of course, Rachel is a lawyer, so she wants to sue the SBC and you know make all of the different pools of money across the fruited plain available uh, for whatever <laughs> settlement she's able to work out on bogus cases. So you know, it's it's really dangerous. And you're exactly right when you say, "Wait, should the chairman of the Credentials Committee be a woman? Isn't that a quasi-pastoral role?" Right. Well, yeah. Actually, it wasn't, but it is now. Mm. And while technically you could have a woman who's, say, for instance, chairman of the executive committee, uh, on paper, there's nothing to prevent that, but it's never, ever been done because it's kind of a pastoral position. Yeah. And a lot of these are. And, you know, they were talking a couple of years ago about Beth Moore running for president of the SBC. Again, nothing constitutionally to prevent it. But no one's ever tried it because, honestly, it's kind of a pastoral position. We've had lay people be president of the SBC, but they were men and, you know, obviously qualified lay people who were qualified to preach. So, you know, we are getting into dangerous territory here just on its face and where they want to take us wouldn't even be the SBC anymore. Wouldn't be anything remotely like the SBC. You know, if only there had been like a movie that had come out a couple of years ago warning us about Rachel Den Hollander. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, even uh, in the trailer. I mean, yeah, maybe even just even his trailer. I mean, that might have gotten people's well, attention. Well, that got edited. I, right. I just, you know, when I go back memory lane, go Nuts. back down memory lane, I'm, it, it really does bother me because this wasn't something that everybody's seeing guy posts now and seeing what's happening with the SBC. When, when you um, resigned from the uh, executive committee, everybody kind of should have had red flags then. And now they have them. They're a little concerned about where things are going. I want to get to the kind of what's going on a little more detail with the executive committee and budget and stuff like this. But I just want to go down memory lane. This isn't new. 2019, when they'd had the sexual abuse panel that J.D. Greer put on with Russell Russell Moore, Moore, Beth Moore, Rachel Den Hollander, it was clear that this was levers to get underneath um, the the SBC, which was a huge entity of, of uh, in the conscience of America, right? And, and conservative and America. conservative America, right? And it was then at that moment that we all should have said, "Oh wow, this is problematic." Yes. I knew Adam Greenway had a problem, and actually, not just him. I'll point to all the Southern Baptist presidents of seminaries when they all backed out of the dock. When they took the pressure from everybody else and they were able to be manipulated not to be in the dock from one way or another. You're talking about the founders by what standard? By what standards, including Al Mohler. I just got it. Tom Maskell just was like, you ain't getting out. That was it. Bottom line. You ain't ain't getting out. But at that point, everybody should have seen the red flag and said, yeah, this is problematic. We do have a standard how we do things. Well, there was the lever. You, You had a flash image. Right. Of Rachel Denhollander, not even claiming anything in particular, but saying she's wielding a lot of power, right? principalities and powers. Yeah. A- and everybody jumps. freaks out. Everybody freaks out, lights their hair on fire and say, we don't want to have anything to do with this. And which proved the levers were already there in 2019 and on Tom, just a panel all the way to <laughs> just now, saying and just, and just, and all the way now to now we have a full, complete empty executive committee from a lot of the people who were there holding mm-hmm. the standard. Can you take us back into Kind of what happened to the executive committee, what Guy Post has done, and then what do you think is going to be the outcome of where they're at, including the budget issues? Well, you you guys recall, but your audience may not be paying attention to this every day. 
that we had a we had a, in the vein of this sex abuse scandal that was originally reported in the Houston Chronicle, uh, in which they found uh, approximately 700 allegations over a 21-year period across 47,000 churches and 15 million people, mm. about 700 total allegations, of which only about half had ever actually come to any any judicial conclusion, and uh, you know that was that was all they could find. Um, I would say that from a statistical standpoint, that's kind of amazing because, yeah. for instance, the Department of Education of the United States reports that there were about 15,000 sex abuse cases per year in our public schools. You say, well, there are way more public schools than Southern Baptist churches. No, there are actually only about twice as many public schools wow. as there are Southern Baptist churches. And yet there are 15,000 a year wow. there. And they were only able to find 700 allegations over a 21 year mm. period in the Southern Baptist churches, which is really kind of amazing. I right. would have thought it would have been way higher and right. one is too many. And we want to stamp that out. But the idea that the Southern Baptist convention, that, you know, this stewardship body that just spends the money on stuff would have any power to, you know, look into the nursery at my church is just absurd wow. or, or much less have any ability to do anything about it or, or any responsibility for it should something happen. And by the way, my church has had a sex abuse issue and, and the guy was in handcuffs about 10 milliseconds after the elders found out. So, right. you know, that was handled correctly and that was actually cited in the guidepost report. So anyway, that came to a head in 2019, they passed these constitutional amendments, um, and, and, you know, they, they weren't perfect, but they weren't terrible and they passed overwhelmingly. And so in 2020, we have the lockdown. So no Southern Baptist convention in 2021, we're in Nashville. Uh, some of that stuff, uh, came to the floor, but the big thing that came to the floor was a, a motion by Grant Gaines, son of Steve Gaines, uh, to to investigate the executive committee mm -hmm. because Russell Moore quit his job at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. And as he went out, a letter was leaked. Huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, talking about how he had personal knowledge of children being raped at the executive committee. And I, I mean, honestly, if you've ever been in the executive committee, I doubt there's been a child in the building in the last 50 years. That That's just moronic. So uh, uh, there's this huge hype, big national story. Obviously, Ronnie Floyd and Mike Stone, who was the conservative running for president two weeks after Russell's leaked letter. And you know, all these people are just the devil and we have to we have to destroy them utterly. So so this motion passes overwhelmingly in Nashville, uh, calling for an investigation, which is fine. You know, that's OK. I voted to fund it. I, I don't have a problem with that. We needed to set the record straight. And the guidepost report was badly done, but it could have been worse. And it says plainly that that no one, uh, no member of the executive committee was really a part of the problem. 
uh, such as there was a problem. And the problems they identified were all outside of the executive committee. And and basically all of them, except one or two, one that I know is false and is about to be a lawsuit, and one that is a little sketchy, the Johnny Hunt thing, he, he did in fact commit adultery like, you know, 15 years ago or something, but, you know, whether or not that was abuse is highly suspect. In any case, other than those two things, everything else had pretty much been reported in the Houston Chronicle. So I don't know what they did with the money. I guess they went to Tahiti or something because they really <laughs> didn't report anything new. And most of it was really badly done, but that wasn't the thing. You'll recall the big thing that got inserted in there by Rachel Den Highlander was a requirement that the executive committee waive attorney-client privilege and yep. hand over all legal documents whatsoever to guidepost uh, solutions. Well, this is insane. But in addition to being insane, it's illegal. The, the executive committee is the fiduciary for the convention, and it has had that duty handed to it by the convention since, you know, uh, well, 100 years ago. And so, you know, the convention didn't repeal its fiduciary duties, not that it even could, because that's a matter of Tennessee and federal law. No, no, no. They hand this thorny problem of reconcile the two. Well, the left in this situation intended to drive Ronnie Floyd out of the presidency of the executive committee. They succeeded. They wanted to make as many of the professional people on the executive committee as possible resign, which they succeeded in forcing because it was unethical for nearly all of them to serve on a board that had that had violated its fiduciary duties. So they all resigned, and and that ended up with an executive committee almost entirely composed of appointees of J.D. Greer. Oh. And that was the goal, you know, and that's the goal everywhere. And it's just part and parcel of what I've been telling you guys about affecting positive change in the SBC. You have to elect a president at the annual meeting. And that president then appoints a committee on committees, which appoints a committee on nominations, which over a period of time fills all of the boards of trustees, including the executive committee. Well, they have done exactly that in reverse. And after this year, they will have appointed uh, between J.D. Greer and Ed Litton and, and now Bart Barber, they will have appointed a majority of every board in the SBC. That was the goal. And they honestly, I think it's very clear based on what little guidepost was able to turn up. I think they very self-consciously understood that they were using the sex abuse matter which we take very seriously, but again, the numbers are the numbers. They were using the sex abuse matter to demonize their political opponents and take over those boards more wow. quickly. So That's what they've done. It's plain as day. They are succeeding. And if a conservative candidate beats Bart Barber in New Orleans, it'll begin the reversal of the process, but it'll be far, far from over. Yeah. And this is going to get worse before it gets better. So I, I assure you, what we're seeing now with the, with the guidepost recommendation is, is a completion of that effort. They are going to use guidepost solutions as the way to impose DEI compliance on the Ooh. entire SEC, and they're going to do everything in their power to create the hierarchy that guidepost already recommended in print and is available for anyone who wants to to read. 
Wow. Rod, do you have five more minutes to stick around yeah. after this? Okay. All right. I want to ask him no. about why Rick Warren wants to stay in the SBC with all this going okay. down. Okay, maybe you, you can know? ask him that. I got you know one more. Okay. If you're single, get married. Okay. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is cross politic. If you don't make a scene at the first crime scene, yep. you are in trouble. Yeah, we're going to we're going first to back crime club scene. member we're portal. To, yeah, black. Yep. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, right. You have to. Free men need to be able to protect their families. It's really sad to see people hurt, livelihoods destroyed, even homes destroyed, just to make a political point. Free men take action when churches face heartbreaking attacks. And while cowards stand idle, free men run towards the sound of gunshots when children are in danger. I'm so thankful for free men who stand ready with the tools of liberty. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency.